Greetings to all, near and far. Here in Tulsa, it is bright and sunny outside, which is so much in contrast to the uh, to this COVID-19 that just is lurking about. But here we are together, wherever you are, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Make not provision for the flesh. When this COVID-19 epidemic started, many people rushed to the grocery stores to get what they can to provide for the flesh. In the meantime, it has given a lot of people a lot of time to think about their life and about the things that they need to do spiritually in order to be prepared for whatever came their way. And a lot of things have touched upon the lives of many in our nation. People who have died from it. Sometimes two or three members of one family having succumbed to it. So today I want to talk about making provision for our spirit. I'd like to read from Romans chapter 13. And in verse, beginning with verse 8. Let's begin with verse 8. It says to owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loves another has fulfilled the law. For this you shall not commit adultery. You shall not kill. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Why is that commandment so important to our spiritual being? Because in verse 10 it says that love worketh no ill toward his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. And in verse 11 and that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. So in this day and time, when all of these things are going on around us, there is, of course, the natural tendency to uh, feel that the things that are happening are, make, are putting us into a perhaps a depressed attitude, perhaps one where there is no hope. But it says that we should awake out of this, this stupor, this sleep, because our salvation is nearer than when we believe. And to cast off the works of darkness by putting on the armor of the light and that is in God's word and in the hope and the promises that we have toward the future verse 13 let us walk honestly as in that as in the day not in rioting and drunkenness not in chambering and wantonness not in strife and envy because this thing that has come upon us has taken many by surprise and so we're doing these very things until suddenly their lives have changed. 
Lives all over the world have changed. But put you on the Lord Jesus Christ. And make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. So today we celebrate the first day of the feast. The seven day feast of unleavened bread. And it's most unusual at this time because we're not all together in the same place. In a holy convocation. But we know this, that where two or three are gathered in my name, in, that is in the honor and by the authority of Jesus Christ, there am I in the midst of them as we celebrate this time. So these seven days will be a break from the normal things that we're used to doing and in more ways than one. We'll be eating that crunchy unleavened bread in place of regular bread, uh, regular bread. That we are used to eating. The cakes. The buns. The biscuits. The donuts. And so on. And since this COVID-19 thing started. It has turned everyone from the regular routines of daily life. And are gathering together. But what is the purpose of these days of unleavened bread? We know that Christ our Passover has been sacrificed for us. That we have been redeemed and restored and are new creatures to walk in newness of life. But there are many who may believe that once saved, you're always saved. That there is nothing else that you need to do but just believe the Lord and go on. So why keep this Old Testament feast and what do we mean by casting out the leaven and partake of unleavened bread? And deleaven our uh, houses. In Leviticus 23.2 it says. Uh, this uh, was given to Moses then. It said speak unto the children of Israel. And say unto them concerning the feast of the Lord. Which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations. These are my feasts. So we see that these are appointed feasts. Moed. And the Hebrew word means an appointed time of meeting. So it's like putting uh, that date in our address book. And looking forward to that time. Because it is an appointment that God has made. So the Israelites were then instructed to, to uh, uh, remember those certain dates. However at this time. And I'm not condemning anyone uh, about uh, not celebrating this feast. But we see that this feast has been replaced at this time. By an unbiblical celebration that is called Easter. But we live in troublesome times today with this COVID-19 epidemic. That's affecting people all around the world. We see uh, on a map where there are dots that show the cities and the countries. That are being affected. It's like uh, looking at measles on the face of the globe wherever these hot spots are and in those places there are people who are miserably sick some dead and some dying many who are out of a job stores closed businesses shut and it's just a surreal scene that we that we see and read about daily but you know the story and it's going to take some time and patience to outlast and overcome this health crisis 
But with the help of God, we hope it will end soon and not later. But it is a shadow of things to come, things future. But the uh, body is of Christ. Uh, in Colossians, let me go to Colossians. Let's see if I have it here. Yeah, Colossians chapter 2, verse 16, 17. It says, let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days. Now before uh, reading on in that, I neglected to give one more scripture because there's just one more thing to say about this COVID-19 virus and it's this. It's what uh, Moses said over in Exodus chapter 15 verse 26. He said, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God and will do that which is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes I will put none of these diseases upon you which I have brought upon the Egyptians for I am the Lord your God that heals you. So it is in faith that we keep this feast wherever we are and hearken to the voice of the Lord and give ear to his commandments. And he that endures unto the end the same shall be saved. So no matter how we might compare the uh, mortality rate of this virus to other epidemics as either less or more. It is those who have been directly affected by this virus that have experienced the sickness and loss of loved ones that it matters. And it is, it is understandable that many are fearful at this time for we are all susceptible. We're all, you know, physical beings and in, in a lot of places we are weak. So we are to take precautions. As read earlier, we're here to keep the days of an Leaven bread. We're keeping the days of unleavened bread wherever we are. First Corinthians is read earlier. Five. It, it says, therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So, what about this feast of unleavened bread? You know, some think as well as the works of the law. We don't need it. We don't need to keep it. We're saved by grace. So I read from Colossians chapter 2. To let no man therefore judge you. In meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day. Or of the new moon. Or of the Sabbath days. Which are a shadow of things to come. The future. But the body is of Christ. So we see that eating and drinking and celebrating these times. Are symbolic observances that we do physically. But spiritually it concerns the reality. The body of Jesus Christ in, in them. These holy days. These things that we observe. And also the plan of salvation. These are my feasts he said. They are annual reminders. That keep us hopeful. With our life directed to the coming kingdom of heaven. At the end of this age. In Romans 13, 14 it says that we. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. And over in 1 Corinthians, as I read a while ago, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of uh, malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of, sincer of sincerity and truth. 
So we read also in Joshua chapter 24, 14, it says, Now therefore, fear the Lord, that is the eternal, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve you the Lord. So we partook of the Passover, the bread and the wine, the washing of feet, and a hymn and a prayer. And now we have seven days of the partaking of unleavened bread to complete this time of the Passover. In the book of John chapter 15, verse 13, we read where Jesus said, Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends, and you are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. You remember how Jesus took the symbols of the bread and wine. He blessed, blessed them. And then he gave them to the disciples. And he said, this is my body and blood which is shed for you. This do in remembrance of me. So as a reminder, a memorial, to always remember why Jesus gave his life that we, that you and I, might live. Because... We know that the, what the wages of sin is. But you are my friends if you do whatsoever I have commanded you. But what are we supposed to be doing besides eating unleavened bread? What are we to be thinking about? Jesus laid down his life for a reason. And that was to save us from the wages of sin by showing the way of love toward one another. In Romans chapter 13... We have the sixth commandment summed up. So that sums up the others. And we're here to remember uh, these particular commands. For this you shall not commit adultery. You shall not kill. That's what I read earlier. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness or covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly summed up in this command that says you shall love your neighbor as yourself so this sixth commandment sums up the other five as to how we are to have love and respect for neighbor and in Luke 6 31 just to quote from there so as you would that men should do to you do also to them likewise is that what we do in our life are we uh, showing love or are we showing hate? Are we trying to get uh, revenge? But we're to owe no man anything, it says in, up there in verse 8, but to love one another. And then we are given the reasons that, for one, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed, that the day is at hand, to put on the armor of light, to walk honestly as in the day, and to put you on the Lord Jesus Christ. But how do we do this? We do this one by following in the footsteps of Jesus. Following his example of love and faith. And outgoingness. And by clothing ourselves in righteousness. And by distancing ourselves from bad habits and wrongdoings and wrong thinking and attitudes that are corrupt and by practicing 
self-discipline and doing so in sincerity and in truth. So we know that anything leavened at this time just symbolizes sin, sin and temptation. And it's, but it's part of the celebration of, this day, of these days. Again, back to Leviticus 23, verse 1. The Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, Concerning the feast of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, even these are my feasts. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest and holy convocation. You shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. So it's a time for ceasing from the, the work routines that we have. And these are the feasts of the Lord, even holy convocations which you shall proclaim in their seasons. In the fourteenth day of the first month at, eve, at even is the Lord's Passover. And on the fifteenth day of the same month is the feast of unleavened bread unto the Lord. Seven days you must eat unleavened bread. At first when I began to eat unleavened bread many years ago, my wife and I, back in the mid part of the 70s, it was kind of hard to get used to. It was crunchy. It was just something that... Uh, just took some getting used to. And I found myself liking it. It's, uh, it's surprising to me how it grows on you. But anyway, I'm sure those of you who may be keeping this for the first time uh, find it a little different. We gave uh, our uh, grandson uh, uh, an unleavened bread and you could tell by the expression it was something different. But in the first day, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no servile work therein, but you shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord seven days. And the seventh day is a holy convocation, and ye shall do no servile work therein. Exodus chapter 15, verse 3. And Moses said unto the people, Remember, remember this day in which you came out from Egypt. So that we see the reason why we keep this day of unleavened bread, the Passover. Out, from, out of the house of bondage, for by strength of hand the Lord brought you out from this place. There shall no leavened bread be eaten. This day came you out in the month of Abib. And it shall be when the Lord shall bring you into the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites, the Amorites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, which he swore unto your fathers to give you, a land flowing with milk and honey, that you shall keep this service in this month, this month of Abib. Seven days shall you eat unleavened bread. We have to kind of hear the voice of Moses. Bringing this to the people. Ringing in our ears. Saying unleavened bread shall be eaten seven days. And there shall no leavened bread be seen with you. Neither shall there be leaven seen with you. 
in all your quarters. You know, originally, I think uh, Steve brought some of, some of these things out about the uh, unleavened bread. Flour for making the bread was, was just uh, simply baked into a flat, hard cake. And it stayed fit to eat for uh, a long time. The other day I came across a box of matzos that were in the pantry. And um, so I, I took them out and, and uh, uh, took a bite of it. And it was still pretty good. I mean, I went ahead and put it away, but I gave them to the birds to eat. And, and you know, they could keep <laughs> 11 bread. But we have a new box this year. But anyway, bread dough, when left standing, it would pick up these organisms that are in the air. And it's microorganisms. And it would start to ferment. And this would cause the gas bubbles to form in the dough, making it rise. And that made the bread soft and puffy when it was baked. But it would not last long because it would become dry and also moldy. So in time it was discovered that by putting a piece of uh, already fermented dough into a large batch of dough, it quickened that fermentation. And it was this leavening agent that made the whole batch rise, even as Paul said, a little leaven leavens the whole uh, lump. So when Israel was led free of the bondage in Egypt, they did not take any leaven with them. We know from times before that leaven is symbolic of sin. This word leaven is from a Latin word that means to rise and it is also uh, translated from the Hebrew word hametz which means sour meaning it to be corrupted. So that is how leaven is looked at at this time. But only during the days of unleavened bread does this take on a figurative reference to sin. Something we are supposed to refrain from that reminds us that it is the corruption of sin that we are to avoid. So like the practice of you know, socially distancing ourselves, we distance ourselves from the sins that can easily beset us. And this takes examining ourselves each day. Looking figuratively into every corner of our life to see if there is something that should not be. And this we do in sincerity and in truth. And when we catch ourselves doing something or thinking a wrong way, we cast it out. Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2 says, To lay aside every weight. Wherefore, seeing in verse 1, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Do we have some fault or some weakness in our life that just catches us every time? Well, we're to overcome that, to run with patience this race that is set before us. So, how do we know what these things are unless we take some time to sit down and think and look and you know in, in the search for physical leaven we sometimes get on our knees and look for it. 
So verse 2 it says. We look unto Jesus. Who is the author and the finisher. Of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him. Endured the cross. Despising the shame. And and is set down. At the right hand of the throne of God. Skip on down to. uh, Verse. Verse 11. Where it says that. No chastening. For the present. Seems to be joyous. But grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Wherefore lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet lest that which is lame be turned out of the way but let it rather be healed. So is there a weakness in us that trips us up from time the time. Verse 14. Follow peace with all men. And holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently. Lest any man fail of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness. And springing up trouble you. And, therefore, and thereby many be defiled. So there are a lot of things in this life. In this age that can sour us. Corrupt us. Corrupt our hearts, our minds, our attitudes. So what do we do? When we sin. When we discover these things. That are. That can trip us up. Or have tripped us up. Psalm 51. 1 through 10. We see this prayer. Have mercy upon me, O God. According to your loving kindness. And to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgression. You know, as we look for physical leaven, we're not going to find it everywhere. Or we'll probably see it everywhere, and sometimes we just can't get to it. And in a spiritual sense, this is why we need Jesus Christ to make up for those things that we can't get to, that we can't see, that we can't undo. But he uh, forgives us of our sins. So verse 2, wash me thoroughly. From mine iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions. My sin is ever before you. Ever before me. Against you. Against you only have I sinned and done evil in your sight. That you might be justified when you speak. And be clear when you judge. Behold I was shapen in iniquity. And in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part. You shall make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins. Blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart. O God and renew a right spirit within me. So we take the days of unleavened bread as an opportunity to draw near unto God. So we see that keeping the feast of unleavened bread emphasizes the need to resist sin and temptation. Even, you know, even before partaking of the Passover, we were instructed to examine our, ourselves and it's, it's hard I know sometimes to know what to look for in our life. What to change and 
but to cast out and be truly unleavened. So the seven days of unleavened bread is a symbol of our intent to separate ourselves from the life of sin. In, this, in the book of uh, Ephesians, let's check this out and see what things they needed to think about doing. Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verse 17, beginning there. It says to put on the new man. And dropping down. Let's see, I'm make sure. Yeah, let's drop on down to uh, verse 22. Kind of lost my place here. That we're supposed to do uh, this. We're supposed to do during the days of unleavened bread, to put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and to be renewed, verse 23, in the spirit of your mind, and to put on the new man, and to put away lying, verse 25, to speak every man truth. And to let not the sun go down upon any wrath or give place to the devil. I'm, I'm shortening these scriptures. They're long scriptures. So I'm shorting them to the, the main points in there. Steal no more. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Grieve not the Holy Spirit whereby you are sealed until the day of redemption. So these are things that we could be looking for during the days of unleavened bread. Verse 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be you kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Ephesians 5 tells us that we should live in the light. To be followers in verse 1 of God as dear children. To walk in love as Christ also has loved us. And in verse 3 to avoid fornication and all uncleanness or, uncovet or covetousness. Let it not be once named among you as become as becometh saints. And it refers to neither filthiness foolish talking, jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no whoremonger, unclean person, covetous man, who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Wherefore, let's go to verse 14. Wherefore he says, Awake you that sleep. And arise from the dead and Christ shall give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly. Not as fools but as wise. Redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise. But understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be ye not drunk with wine. Wherein is excess. But be filled with the spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. I had seen where during this 
crisis that uh, some songs have come out that ha that deal with the way that many are feeling at, at this time. But singing songs, especially hymns, can be an uplifting part in hanging on to the spiritual life that we are dedicated to. So there are other things that we're to beware of. For example, beware of the uh, leaven of the Pharisees and because as mentioned earlier the, about the Corinthian church, they had some moral problems that were going on. And in verse 6 it says there in 1 Corinthians 5, verse 6, that in verse 2, that they were puffed up. They haven't uh, mourned. Uh, and that he that has done this deed of immorality that this deed might be taken away from among you. And their glorying is not good. Because know ye not that a little leaven. Leavens the whole bunch. And we're to purge out the old leaven. And verse 8. To let us keep the feast. Not with old leaven. Not with the leaven of malice and wickedness. But with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So the Corinthian church had some problems of immorality. That they ignored and that slide. That's just human nature. And we see where the Apostle Paul said. That you know one little sin could do you in. So we should be aware also of our friendship with the world. Which is enmity against, against God. Galatians chapter 5. We read about walking in the spirit. That way you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary to one to the other. So that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led by the spirit you are not under the law. And then in verse 19 it gives the works of the flesh. That are manifested. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in the time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. On the other hand, the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, quietness, gentleness, that is, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. So, as we know, the world is full of leaven. We can read Isaiah 59, 1 through 15. Which I won't do at this time. You can uh, go over that. But it says in verse 2. That your iniquities have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you. That he will not hear you. But he is open to our calling. To our repentance. And to our desire. To do what is right. In this life. While we have time. So there are seven days. Of unleavened bread. Days in which the leaven of sin. Is to.
to be purged out. And when we emerge from this health crisis, will it have changed the people very much? Will it have changed us very much? It's been said that this social distancing will help curb this, uh, this virus. So people are staying indoors, many are, not, not everyone, because they're concerned about their health, because it is a matter of life and death. I saw where, uh, because there's less cars and vehicles about on the freeways and byways, that there's less smog in the air. It showed a city before with the smog in the air and, and then uh, uh, much clearer air. So what we have, as I mentioned in sermon earlier, it is a wake-up call. In a way, it is only the beginning. We had to think of that. It is, in, it is only the beginning of sorrows yet to come. We read about Matthew 24, the wars, and earthquakes, and famines, and pestilences, and also we know that the economy and a deep recession or depression are some of the uh, dark prospects ahead. So, before those times are upon us and catch us unaware and prepared, now is the time to examine ourselves. So these seven days of the Feast of Unleavened Bread should have us looking into the corners of our mind to be sure of where we stand and to, and to take heed lest we fall. So if we look at the seven letters to the seven churches named in the book of Revelation, we see that each one had a little leaven that was revealed to them that the church must get rid of, otherwise their candlestick would be removed, taken away. Some had for, left their first love. Some were compromising with the faith, the truth. Some were practicing idolatrous things, believing in a falsehood. Some were lukewarm, and some were dead. They had a name, but they were dead. We read also that he that overcomes will be pillars in the coming government and uh, in the family of the royal house of God. We've read where Jesus said to his disciples before he left. He said, in my father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. So, now we know that God is growing his family. Growing it now here on the earth. Here at this time. As he has done with, with people of faith. From years gone by. Centuries gone by to this present time. Galatians chapter 2. Let's go over to Galatians chapter 2. It says, We are, it says, uh, I am crucified with Christ. And we can put our, put our uh, names in this. We are crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. 
So we owe our life to the Lord. We are to live by his word. And that word. In Hebrews chapter 4. It says that the word of God is quick. And powerful. And sharper than any two edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder. Of soul. And spirit. And of the joints and marrow. And is a discerner. Of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Verse. Uh, skipping down the verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest. That is passed into the heavens. Jesus the son of God. Let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest. Which cannot be touched with. The feelings of our infirmities. But was in all points. Tempted. Like as we are yet without sin. So let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy. And find grace to help in time of trouble. Two more scriptures before closing. In Romans chapter 13, again, read this at the beginning, and call your attention to it again. Verse 10, love works no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. And that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe the night is far spent the day is at hand let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light let us walk honestly as in the day not in rioting and drunkenness not in chambering and wantonness not in strife and envying but put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision just for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. So we know that we found out that leaven, physical leaven, is hard to get out from every corner and crevice. We think we've got it all, but it's everywhere, still there. So we, it's useful that we have our Lord Jesus Christ and Savior to cleanse us, to make up for what we can't do because he gave us his unleavened uh, bread and the body and blood in our, uh, for our sake in closing I want to go to Matthew chapter 6 Many of us know this by heart. Sometimes when I say this prayer, I will forget also. Matthew 
When the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray. And he gave them a prayer. And so we'll close with uh, those verses where he said to the Father in heaven that we are to forgive one another, to love one another. And he said, Our Father in heaven, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive others who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.